week because there's some things I'm wanting to, to weave in. Uh, and if you weren't here last week, uh, sermons free of charge online. Uh, Feeding the 5,000 is the title of that sermon. And um, we wanted to look at that not just you know, from the perspective of, okay, Jesus did this, isn't it amazing? But from the perspective for you and me to learn from what he did and what he was trying to teach the disciples and us through that miracle. It wasn't just something Jesus did to wow us, to impress us, but it was something that he did to how us, to, to teach us and to reveal some things that were hidden and expose some things that were hidden and needed to be exposed in the disciples' hearts and perhaps some things that are hidden and need to be exposed in our own. So let's do some review and work our way back to that and then we'll get into to those things. Amen. The title of the message this morning is Walk by Faith in the Spirit. Amen. Walk by faith in the Spirit. And let's look at some verses. Second Corinthians 5 and 7 says, For we walk by faith, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Just encourage you to, you know, when you're brushing your teeth in the morning, you might have to kind of say it through the toothpaste, amen, but um, look yourself in the eye in the mirror and say, I walk by faith. I'm a believer and I believe. Um, connect with that and, and renew your mind to that and refresh your understanding and considerations of these things. For we walk by faith, not by sight. And faith can be understood in different ways, and of late we've been defining faith this way. We've said that faith is the ability to see beyond the way things appear to be, and the ability to respond based upon the way things truly are. So walking by faith is walking, you're living your life based upon the way things truly are, not by the way they look, seem, and feel, or the way they appear to be. Now, connected to this verse is another one that the Holy Spirit's led us to, 2 Corinthians 4 and 18. While we do not look to the things which are seen, but to the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but to the things which are, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And he's talking about the difference between this physical created realm versus the invisible realm of the Spirit. And from this, we've come up with some things, and the Holy Spirit's given us some things to say along these lines that connect with this. The church is trying to function in a four-dimensional reality with a three-dimensional mindset, okay? A four-dimensional reality with a three-dimensional mindset. So we have time and space and matter, and we know that God created all three, okay? And those are the three dimensions that people understand and, and try to function in. But that's only three of the four dimensions. The fourth dimension is the dimension of God's spirit, the dimension of the spirit realm, okay? And you may understand this, you may not, but let me, you know, either remind you or, or inform you, praise God, water or plant, amen. Um, you are eternally connected to the realm of God's spirit. You are eternally connected to the spirit realm. So we often say it this way, um, there's more to life than meets the eye. People in this room, you have had experiences in your life that you know cannot be explained from anything involving time, space, and matter. Things that are beyond uh, the capabilities of human intellect, human ability, human understanding. 
We're talking about divine intervention from God. Come on, I got the right bunch this morning. Things that you've experienced, miracles that you've experienced, a protection that you've experienced, things that the world may try to write off as coincidence or luck, but you know what you experienced and you know, amen, that these are the things that, 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 that God has orchestrated uh, from uh, His throne and from the realm of the Spirit. So I want to just show you just a couple of verses, and let's talk for a moment, because we've been for weeks looking at this idea and this truth, this reality of walking by faith, amen, we walk by faith, not by sight, but now we see that, uh, you know, in addition to, you know, the, the, the looking part, the look, what we look to, we're not looking to the facts and to uh, the visible realm but we're living our lives in this visible realm, focused on heaven, focused on the invisible realm of the Spirit, that, that fourth dimension, amen, that Satan doesn't want you or me to ever understand anything about. And so that's, that's where the title comes from this morning. Um, let's go back to it, Walk by Faith in the Spirit. There's the only way you'll ever walk in the Spirit is walk by faith, amen. But we're not just talking about... An, the, the word walk here is extremely important because he's talking about a moment-by-moment, step-by-step, even word-by-word uh, unfolding of your life. Uh, when people begin to understand and get a hold of the things of God and, and, and the spirit realm and faith, you know, the enemy then tries to step in with another lie. Uh, because once you see it, you see it. Once you know about it, you know about it. So he tries to step in and say, well, just you know, keep that in your back pocket in case you ever need it. And, and, and that it's like this you know, uh, epi- episode, episodic. You, know, you have this episode in your life, and all of a sudden, okay, we better turn to God. We, we, we need to get a hold to heaven. We need to, we need to pray. Uh, there's nothing left to do now but pray. And so, so okay, well, let's find our prayer card and, you know, and start looking through our pockets for it and, and see if we can't, you know, at that point, point in our lives because we've come up with something now that we we don't know what to do about and we can't fix uh money can't get, can't buy us out of this and can't work us out of this so now let's turn to faith and and see that's not what it means to walk by faith that's not what it means to walk in the spirit he's talking about being yoked together with jesus doing your life alongside him every day and learning how learning how to look to heaven in this created realm living in this created realm focused on heaven that's what jesus did right We've established that so many different times. Jesus lived his life as a man on this earth, more aware of the world he came from than the world he found himself in, more aware of the fourth dimension, right, than he was even of the three dimensions that seemed to limit him and fence him in, all right? So let's look for a moment then about this this truth, this reality of walking in the Spirit, this fourth dimension. So Romans chapter 8 and verse 9 He says, but you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. If we were going to, you know, spend, and we're not, but if we're going to spend, you know, 20, 30 minutes on this, we we could go back to chapter 8, verse 1, where he talks about there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. And there are a lot of people who look at that um, part of verse 1 and believe that no condemnation is dependent upon their works and their performance. 
without reading all the way through to where he establishes, listen, if you've been born again, you are in the Spirit. You are not in the flesh, but you are in the Spirit. And he says, if you're, if you're not in the Spirit, then you've never been born again because it's through the new birth that the Spirit of God comes to dwell in you. The Spirit of God comes to live in you. Now, this is another one of those what we call inward realities of the new birth. Something that is inward that now needs to work its way outward. An inward reality that becomes an outward expression. You see, if you've been born again, you've been made free. Amen. And whom the Son makes free shall be free in their performed action. I like to illustrate it this way. Watch me very carefully. Spirit, then soul, then body. If the Son makes you free, then you shall be free in your performed action. It's one thing for Him to make you free. It's another thing for you to let Him teach you the renewing of the mind, how to live your life in freedom, how to walk in freedom. Same is true with righteousness. The moment you were born again, you were made just as right before God in the eyes of God as Jesus. Right? It's one thing for you to be made righteous. It's another thing for you to do life together with Him and for your mind to be renewed and for you to begin to understand and think and see like a righteous man thinks and sees so that you can, the inward reality can become an outward expression of life. So you can actually live righteously. Religion will tell you to go try to live your life in a way opposite to who you really are. God knows that'll never work. So He made you free. He made you whole. He made you righteous. He made you strong. He, he gave you dominion. All of these inward realities of the new birth. He gave you His Spirit. He put a new spirit in you and then He put His Spirit in you and your newly born again spirit and God's Holy Spirit became one spirit. That's who's in you. Amen. That is your eternal link to this fourth dimension that we're talking about now, the realm of God's Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, now, here we see it in Galatians 5 and 25. After he obviously establishes that we are alive in God's Spirit, he says, If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So the idea is it's one thing for the Spirit of God to be in you. It's another thing altogether for you to learn how to take this inward reality of God's abiding and indwelling Spirit within you and translate that to an outward expression of life where you are actually walking in the Spirit. A lot of of God's people have His Spirit in them, but they still walk in the flesh. Are you hearing me? The Spirit of God lives in them, but they're walking in the flesh. So he says again, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let's look at this same passage, Galatians 5 and 25, from the Message Translation. And boy, this one I think really, really nails it. Galatians 5, 25 from the Message Translation. Since this is the kind of life we have chosen, the life of the Spirit, let us make sure that we do not just hold it as an idea in our heads or a sentiment in our hearts, but work out its implications in every detail of our lives. Amen. So we're talking about walking by faith in the Spirit as a husband, walking by faith in the Spirit as a wife, walking by faith in the Spirit as a parent, walking by faith in the Spirit as a child, as an employee, as an employer, as, as a citizen, as, an, as a neighbor, as, as... Are you following? Every detail. One more time. 
Since this is the kind of life we have chosen, the life of the Spirit, let us make sure that we do not just hold it as an idea in our heads or as sentiment in our hearts. This is, again, this is where so many people are. So much of, of what they know and understand about God is, is nothing more than an idea in their head or a sentiment in their heart, some religious tradition that, that, that they aspire to, right? And he's saying, listen, we, we've got to move beyond that. He says, we've got to work out its implications in every detail of our lives and pay close attention to that word work out because we see it again work out your own salvation with fear and trembling he's not talking about you make your own deal with God he's talking about what's inside of you working its way out of you working it out amen the inward reality of the new birth becoming an outward expression of life have you ever been to a a 3d movie anybody so we don't go to movies pastor we're holy okay we just amen yeah you at least familiar with the concept amen Praise God. 3D, a 3D movie, okay? Um, somebody could, could film me, you know, video me watching a 3D movie and, and probably get a lot of laughs, okay? Because I'm all into it, amen? And then all of a sudden something's flying out of the screen and I'll, I'll dodge it and I'll jump and, you know, react to it. Um, have you ever, like, in the middle of a 3D movie taken your 3D lenses off? Well, now it just, nothing looks right. I mean, it's, it, it doesn't... It's not like you take the 3D glasses off and it just becomes a 2D movie, right? Now, you know, whatever uh, they do artistically to make it three-dimensionally, in order for you to receive it in 3D, you've got to look at it through um, 3D lenses, all right? You got that? Okay, you understand that? All right, so now watch this. 3D glasses cannot see in 4D. Now remember, one of the central themes this whole year is what you look to becomes the lens you look through. Okay? If you look to heaven, you'll begin to see your life and and your place in this world and God's plans for you through a lens of heaven. But if you look to other things, those other things will become the lens you look through. Okay? Okay? So when we put on the 3D lenses, time, space, and matter of this world, okay, we will be blinded to the fourth dimension of God's Spirit. This is why you got family members who think you're nuts. Because you've put on 4D glasses and you're seeing a whole different reality uh, in the fourth dimension of God's Spirit realm and nothing impossible to those who believe and, and now you're, you're trying to interact with and have conversation with people who are wearing 3D glasses, right? The dude watching the, the 3D movie who takes his lenses off, he doesn't dodge the things coming out of the screen at him because he doesn't see them. He doesn't, he, nothing of, none, none of that is visible to him. Amen. Now this comes back to if the light that's in you because remember light is the ability to see. Light is the ability to see. If your eye be single, your whole body will be full of the ability to see, to see things as they truly are. When you take the 3D glasses off in a 3D movie, the screen becomes distorted. And Satan is wanting you to have a distorted view of life. He's not wanting you to see things as they truly are. Faith is the ability, right? Because faith doesn't focus on the facts. Faith focuses on the truth. Faith by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. I was listening to Brother Copeland preaching. His, his mother was a, a, a godly woman. Anybody besides me thankful to have a godly mother. Amen. A godly woman. 
and she was a homeopathic doctor, and um, a friend of the family was having heart issues, and he was a pastor, and, um, and of course, his family heritage, you know, ancestral heritage was um, the men, his father, his grandfather, great-grandfather, I believe, um, had all died early with heart problems, and he was, he was starting to have heart problems. And so he goes, anybody heard him tell the story before? So he goes to the homeopathic, uh, Kenneth Copeland's mother, the homeopathic doctor, and he's like, look, you know, I, I've been to the, you know, she says, she, she looks him in the eye and she sits across from him. She says, now, tell me the truth about your heart. And so he goes through the whole story, you know, my grandfather, my great-grandfather. And she, no, no, I said, tell me the truth about your heart. He goes, well, you know, I went down to the doctor, the cardiologist at the hospital, and he said, I said, tell me the truth. She kept getting louder and louder, and he's like, I don't know what to tell this woman. She said, the truth's in Isaiah 53. Now, do you you see the difference there, right? The truth's in Isaiah 53. All those other things were facts. All those other things were 3D. Now, I'm going to say it again. 3D glasses cannot see in 4D. If you're, if you're wearing the 3D lenses of this world, limited to time, space, and matter, you will be blinded to that fourth dimension of the truth of God's spirit, God's spirit realm. Amen. Amen. Are you seeing this? Okay. So let me give you an example of, of how this works out in our daily lives. If, if you read the scriptures, not just in Genesis, Genesis is where it's established and, and, and first mentioned, But God created you and me to have dominion. He created us to be fruitful, to multiply, to have dominion, to fill up the earth, to replenish the earth. And he said, if anything on the earth gets out of line, you subdue it. Now, God would have never given us the authority and the ability to subdue things if if they get out of order, if there wasn't potential for something to get out of order. So he put us here in this three-dimensional realm to rule over it. He put us here in this three-dimensional realm to learn how to love and trust Him. Amen. He put us in this three-dimensional realm to... Because to, remember, what's going on before? I'll give you a little back, back uh, view into what we've been talking about on Wednesdays, right? What was going on before God created this three-dimensional realm? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit enjoying eternal community and fellowship with one another. He created this eternal realm. We have it recorded in the 66 books that are the Holy, Spirit, Holy Scriptures, Holy Word of God. What happens at the end of these 66 books? Me and you are at a wedding feast as the bride of Christ, as the body of Christ, being brought into that eternal community that existed before Genesis 1-1 was ever uh, spoken or ever written or ever came into being. Are you hearing me? So what is this life then all about? It's, it's all about... Uh, Father God finding a bride for his son and a body for the head who is Jesus. A fit body. A bride without spot or wrinkle. That's you and me. To, to have the same fellowship with God the Father, with God the Holy Spirit, and, and God the Son Jesus as Jesus has with the Father. Amen. Amen. And so we're here to learn some things. We're here to grow. We're here, we're here to make some choices and some good choices. Because life is choice-driven, therefore it must be spirit-led. It must be spirit-led. So we were created to have dominion because God is a God of dominion. And if if we are going to uh, rule and reign with Him forever, 
If we are going to be seated together with Jesus in the heavenly places forever on the throne of the universe, we've got to learn a few things about ruling and reigning. We've got to learn a few things about having dominion. We're here to learn how to love and trust God, right? And, and through that uh, uh, means of loving and trusting Him, learn how to love and trust other people, work together with other people to see our Father's purposes prospering in our hands here on this earth. See, if you let the devil, he'll make life be about so many things that it's not even really amounts to a hill of beans, right? It's not, that's not what life's about. It's not, it, it, you know, in light of eternity, it has nothing to, 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 to do with any of that. Majoring, as they say, on the minors while minoring on the majors. So we were created, one more time, we were created to have dominion, which means to rule our domain. The problem that we're struggling with is we've been trying to rule our 3D world without a 4D connection. Walking by the way things appear and depending upon money for our victory is a poor substitute for walking by faith in the Spirit. I'll say that again. Walking by the way things appear and depending upon money for our victory is a poor substitute for walking by faith in the Spirit. You're getting quiet on me. I hope that's because you're thinking. Has anybody besides me noticed it gets really, really quiet in here when I say M-O-N-E-Y? Have you, is it, whew, she's talking about money. Shh. Everybody look straight ahead. Amen. You say, well, where did that, why did, you wouldn't even say anything about money, you know, and then all of a sudden here it comes. Well, walking by faith in the Spirit, okay, what's the opposite of walking by faith? Walking by faith or walking by sight? Walking by sight means living your life based upon the way things appear. Remember what we said, if you live your life based upon the way things appear, Satan can easily manipulate you because he can easily manipulate the way things appear. Those are facts. Truth never changes. Facts can change by the minute, by the second. Okay? So we were designed to have dominion in our lives and in this created realm, not over other people, over circumstances, over situations, over our environment, and over fallen angels. We were created to have dominion in our three-dimensional world through our four-dimensional connection to God. Well, we lost that four-dimensional connection when Adam fell. And so we went from, we went from walking by faith to walking by sight. And we went from the resources of that fourth dimension providing victory for us in our daily lives to this thing called money. Now, I know it's been a long time since we've went back to Matthew 6, but remember, that's where this all is ultimately based upon. And Jesus, when He talked about your whole body being full of light and your eye being single, He then immediately went to, you, you can't serve two masters. You'll either love one, hate the other, or hate the one and cling to the other, right? You cannot serve God and mammon. Because mammon is the God substitute of choice. 
for this world. In other words, people look to money as an answer, as a solution for what they want and need instead of to God as the solution for what they want and need. Money becomes our go-to. Money becomes what we, here we go, what we look to. Not what we look at, what we look to. There's a difference between looking at something and looking to something. When you look to something, that means you're looking to it for your answers. You're looking to it to provide for you the things that you want, the things that you need, joy in your life, satisfaction in your life, contentment in your life, peace in your life, solving problems in your life. That's why we say victory, because we were created by God to live lives of victory. So we've been trying to rule our 3D world without a 4D connection. We've been walking by the way things appear and depending upon money for our victory, but this is a poor substitute for how we were created to live, and that's to walk by faith in the Spirit. Walking by faith and walking in the Spirit are defining practices of the Christian life. This is, not, this is not for the fanatic. This is not for you know, some extreme practice that's only for the spiritual elite. This is how we were meant to live every day of our lives. You know, people get a, you know, a, a little gust of faith in, in their sails and they, you know, they read their Bible a few days during, during the week and then all of a sudden it's like, whoa, you know, aren't, aren't we spiritual? Then we kind of go back to normal. No, see, again, fellowshipping with God reading his word, studying, communing with the Holy Spirit. This is why Jesus said man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Give us this day our daily bread. He's talking about something that is a daily practice, not not some extreme fanatical practice that only a small percentage of the body of Christ ever participate in or understand. Walking by faith and walking in the Spirit are defining practices of the Christian life. It's, it's normal Christianity. This is how it's supposed to be done. This is, this is what it looks like. This is, this is how we go about it. These are the fundamentals. And you never outgrow this. You never become so spiritual that we don't need to walk in faith or walk, in the, walk by faith to walk in the Spirit anymore. It'd be like a Major League Baseball player saying, well, you know, I don't, I don't need a glove or a bat anymore. I've, I've gotten so much money now that I can just play barehanded. Are you, what? No, there's fundamentals of the game of baseball. There's fundamentals of, of, of you know, all kinds of different work and art and, and music and all these other things that provide the basis for how it's done. Take those things out of the equation and you don't have baseball anymore. You don't have music anymore. The fundamentals are not there. The foundational principles that govern it are not there. Walking by faith and walking in the Spirit are defining practices of the Christian life. Jesus, in the flesh, walked by faith in the Spirit. Are you hearing me? This is how he did everything that he did on this earth as a man. He did it by walking by faith in the Spirit. Now see, this is what religion does. Religion insists on trading these two essentials for lesser duties that can be carried out in the flesh. Right? See, walking by faith in the Spirit, (laughs) that's a completely different thing than just being a disciplined person. Come on, you got to see this. 
we, we spent, I guess it was last year, early this year, we, we, we spent some time on Wednesday night talking about the danger of substituting Christian disciplines and Christian principles and trying to use that as a substitute for genuine faith. The Bible is a book of principles that we should learn from and follow. There are are lots of Christian disciplines that are spelled out in the Scriptures that that we should be practicing and developing in our lives on a daily basis. So don't go out of here saying, Pastor Mark said, there's no principles or no disciplines. The danger, though, is we get so good at the principles and the disciplines, but are lousy at fellowship with God and, and being led by His Spirit and, 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 and spending uh, our, our mornings uh, in, in thought and, and, and meditation and receiving our instructions for the day, all these other things that, again, require Him. Religion's trying to tell you what you can do yourself to feel better about yourself, to make your life a little bit better here on the earth without ever really having to surrender everything to Jesus. Religion insists on trading these two essentials for lesser duties that can be carried out in the flesh. But let me tell you what that does. That keeps you locked down in 3D. It limits you to three-dimensional living in a four-dimensional reality. Lord said this to me. He said, the devil doesn't care what you do in the name of God as long as you never walk by faith in the Spirit. I look like I'm losing some of you. Y'all still with me? Praise the name of the living God. Amen. I'm going to say it again. I'm praise God. I'm going to put it up on the screen. It says notes, but I, it needs to be. It. The devil doesn't care what you do in the name of God as long as you never walk by faith in the Spirit. See, that's, that's, that's what the devil knows, right? A human being created in the image and likeness of God who knows how to walk by faith in the Spirit, breaking free from the imposed limitations of a three-dimensional world over into the fourth dimension of the realm of God's Spirit, and then from that fourth dimension of the realm of God's Spirit, having dominion over the three-dimensional world that we live in? Do you see why the devil tries to keep people ignorant of these things? And, and, and why he fights you at every point and juncture to, to understanding these things? So do you see now back to this verse out of Isaiah 51 and 16 where he says, Lift up your eyes to the heavens and look on the earth beneath. Lift up your eyes to the fourth dimension and look at the three dimensions beneath. We need a, we need a, fourth, a four-dimensional perspective of the three-dimensional world that we live in. So do you see now something we've said a hundred times probably this year without exaggeration? You are never meant to live in the world with a view of the world that comes from the world. A three-dimensional view of a four-dimensional existence. And the church needs to shift from a worldly view of heaven to a heavenly view of the world. And if you only look to the facts, you'll never see your situation any other way than it appears to be. And how will your situation ever change for the better if you continue to respond to it based upon the way it appears to be? Now this may be a little corny. I'm not trying to be corny, but I am trying to, to present this to you ever, ever which way that I can, uh, I can present it to you to, to help you see what it is that the Holy Spirit's wanting us to see, okay? And, and this was another thing that, that he, he said, all right? He, he said to me this morning, he said, tell them that we have too many thermometers in the church and not enough thermostats. 
And what's the difference between a thermometer and a thermostat? A thermometer constantly states the way things are. If you want to know what the temperature is in the room, go look at the thermometer. And it'll tell you every time what it is. A thermostat, on the other hand, looks to the way things should be and sets a course for change. Looks to the way it should be and sets the course for change. Think about it now. I'm not, I'm just, I'm trying to help you connect with this. The Holy Spirit's trying to help you connect with this, right? See, when you talk about your situation to other people, let's say you've got some issue, some problem, some symptom, some financial issue, some family issue, some issue in your job, or amen, just whatever it may be, something in your life that, that you need to have dominion over, you need to get the victory over that, you need to rise above that, you, I'm going through, I'm going under this, I'm, I'm undergoing, no, let's, we're not undergoing, we're overcoming, okay? So what is it in your life that you, that you desire to overcome? Maybe, maybe it's uh, some debt, I don't, I don't know, okay? Now, but again, I want you to tr- kind of think about that. Now, when you talk about it, do you sound more like a thermometer or a thermostat? No, again, I'm just, I'm just trying to show you. See, if you're locked into 3D, all you got to work with is, 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 you know, it is what it is. That's where I remember where the Holy Spirit convicted me of saying that. He said, quit saying that. Well, it is what it is. Well, in a three-dimensional world, yes, but you bring fourth dimension into this, all things are possible to him who believes. All things are possible. We think we're sounding all philosophical. It is what it is. Well, let me tell you what you're doing. You're waving a white flag of surrender. You're saying ain't nothing going to change. You're saying ain't nothing, you know, it's, it's always going to be this way. It always has been this way. It always will be this way. It just is what it is, and you just need to learn to live with it. You just need to get over it, right? No, no, no. See, again, do you sound more like a thermometer when you talk about what's going on in our nation? Or do you sound more like a thermostat? Let me, make it, let me just break it down for you. When you go to fill up your car with gas, listen, those, those of you who drive diesels, man, you just, you just need to get on up to another level of faith, right? Come on with me now. Amen. <laughs> When you pull up to the pump to fill up your car, are you thinking and speaking to yourself and maybe the dude on the other side of the pump? Isn't that funny? Right? Send their pump and gas, somebody else on the other side of the, right, you know? And so what do we say? Sure is hot out here. Right? You think these gas prices will ever stop going up? See, you know what I'm In other words, what are we doing? We, thermometer. Thermometer. What do you think the dude on the other side of the pump would say if you said something like this? I sure am glad my God supplies all my needs according to his riches in glory because it don't matter to me how much this gas goes up. My God's taking care of me. See, that's a a thermostat talk in there. That's a thermostat talk in there. If words change things, reckon reckon all of God's people talking about how high gas prices are have anything to do with them going up? 
well, that's OPEC, Pastor Mark. That's President Biden, Pastor Mark. No, no, see, listen, Republican or Democrat president, right? They take credit when the gas prices go down, right? But then when they go up, they say, I have nothing to do with how much the gas prices right? You're getting quiet on me, though. Amen. You're getting as quiet as I said. I didn't say, well, I guess I'm talking about money in sort of way. Amen. All right. Some of you must have looked down at your watch. It's 1152. Praise God. <laughs> Too many thermometers in the church and not enough thermostats. Too many people just repeating back into the three-dimensional world in which we live how things look, seem, and feel. How it appears. James said the words that come out of your mouth chart the course that your life follows. In the same way that a rudder changes the course of a ship and a, and a bit in the horse of a mouth changes the course of the horse your tongue charts the course that your life follows. So do you see why the devil wants you to keep saying what you have? I've heard different people say it over the years, but you know, when God spoke into the darkness, he didn't say, Jesus, can you believe how dark it is out here? Right? You follow me? He didn't say, I've never seen so much darkness. What in the world are we going to do about all this darkness? No. He said, let there be light. He said, now, Ephesians 5.1, be there for imitators of God as dear children. A thermometer would just talk about how dark it is and what are we going to do about this darkness and can't even see to do anything and I wanted to build a, a planet and a universe and, and it's so dark. I'm here. No, see, that would be a thermometer, a thermostat. What does a thermostat do? Looks to the way things should be and sets a course for change. Amen. Stand with me. Praise God. Well, that was my introduction. I was wanting to get some other things, but we'll get there. Amen. We'll get there. We'll get there. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'll do that, Lord. Let's let's go back here, and we're going to finish. We're going to pray over this right here, okay? Since this is the kind of life we have chosen, Galatians 5.25, one more time from the message, the life of the Spirit, let us make sure that we do not just hold it as an idea in our heads or a sentiment in our hearts, but work out its implications in every detail of our lives. Father, we are alive in you and you are alive in us. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead now lives inside of our physical bodies. The same spirit that hovered over the face of the deep waiting for your word to be spoken to perform what you said is the same Holy Spirit that lives in us, Lord, right now, right here this morning as your children and so, Father, I thank you that we will never wake up another morning on planet Earth without considering whose we are and who lives in us 
and the, and, the, and the connection, the eternal connection that we have to the fourth dimension of your eternal spirit realm. And I thank you, Father, that we are learning from Jesus and from the Holy Spirit and from your Holy Word how to live, Lord, in this three-dimensional world, ruling and reigning over it through our four-dimension connection with you. I thank you, Father, that we do not look to the things that we see here on this earth. But, Father, we look to heaven. We look to that fourth dimension of the realm of your Spirit. And it's from looking to that realm, Father, that we now look through that realm to every circumstance and situation in our lives, Father, that we respond based upon what you said, Father. We respond because your words are spirit and life, Father. Your words are 4D. Your words are fourth dimensional. And Lord, we we look through the lens of your word and we say what your word says about our circumstances and our situations. Father, help us become aware of all the times in our lives where we just simply repeat what the symptoms say and what the circumstances are rather than using the faith and the Holy Spirit inside of us to chart a new course and a new direction and and see new things, Lord, coming from the realm of your Spirit into into reality, Father, here in this three-dimensional world. Thank you, Lord, for all the examples we have in the Scriptures, Father, and all the examples we have in the life of Jesus, Lord, of how He walked by faith in the Spirit. And I thank you, Jesus, that you are teaching us how to do the same as we consider the implications of these truths in every detail of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Thank you so much for being here this morning. Uh, Hug somebody's neck, shake somebody's hand, love somebody in Jesus. You have a blessed rest of your day, and we'll see you Wednesday, if not before.